back. Yeah, um, just want to add to that real quick. Uh, my aunt, my grandma took a lot of pictures. They were into showing horses and they traveled around. And I went through every photo album, every uh, old eight millimeter film thing, and I didn't see any of the skies that we see today. And I've talked to a lot of older people in their, you know, 80s, 70s, and I, you know, I try to ask them, you know, if they had a clear memory, like what they remembered as a kid at the, of the skies. And they definitely don't remember these these skies that look like they do now. They're like Frankenstein, you know, clouds. They're just I, like they're 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 disgusting. Ken, what's your thoughts? I can second that because uh, I've flown all over the world my entire life, and. Uh, both ponds, you know, Asia, Europe, everything. And I never saw these types of contrails. At best, you would get a two to three foot long, aircraft long contrail, but it would disappear because what's happening is the water vapor in the air gets heated up, so it makes steam. And then it immediately freezes because you're you're talking uh, extreme sub-zero temperatures up there, and that's why the contrails would disappear again. So, uh, and you know they were using uh, de-icing stuff in the the aircraft uh, fuel even back yeah. then. So it can't be that. I mean, it could be today if they've changed it to be something else to. Uh, save money or you know like they put the fluoride in the water um, to get rid of it instead of having to pay for the uh, environmental toxin uh, disposal fees so there could be something along those lines I, I don't know anymore but what I do know is that even uh, just a couple of days ago I took pictures of aircraft flying through the sky with massive contrails coming out behind them and oh that's another issue as well is that normally on a contrail for a regular contrail is that there's there's not a huge um, plume coming right out of the aircraft and you know, there's a little bit of space mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of these aircraft it's coming out uh, almost immediately and um, what else was I going to say? Oh, uh, in that uh, I've, I've taken pictures of aircraft up there that have no contrails and then other aircraft that have massive contrails. Right. At, at the same time, the relatively same altitude, you know, hard to tell from sitting on the ground, but based right. on the size of the plane and the speed they're flying mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I have a question. Sure. Who do you think's flying these planes? Uh, you mean like what country or what group or what level are you looking for? Anything. Your opinion. Um, well, it's a tough question to answer, but uh, because I think they're doing different things. I think they're sometimes they're doing it for environmental modification. And other times they're doing it to disperse um, smart dust or certain chemicals or uh, other uh, 
uh, influential um, stuff. <laughs> well, could it could it be a bunch of the like NGOs and um, you know like these or these these military contractor types? You know, like the you know military industrial complex. I think is the ones you know doing it personally, and I even question some of these planes could be you know possibly being flown by AI. Like who knows? But I, I do suspect uh, they they might be those bigger tanker planes, possibly that are high up. Other times, I, I wonder, and it seems like they're dis, uh, discharging a lot lower these days. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah. I think it you know depends on what they're trying to disperse. Um, right. I have pictures of of the Airbus. Um, uh, what is it? The A three eighty, which is like the double decker. I have right. pictures of that one. I have pictures of 747s doing it. I have, uh, I mean, it was like on the day of the eclipse, um, back in like, whenever it was, 2017 or something like yep. that. I was up in Washington. Everybody's outside, you know, watching this thing. And they're flying chemtrails across. And nobody's talking about it. And anyhow, <laughs> so I, I took pictures of the aircraft doing it. And you can see it start and stop, start, and stop. And uh, so anyhow, I got a pretty close uh, picture of the aircraft, and it had, um, uh, I, I don't know if it was, um, which aircraft, uh, um, um, which airline it was, but they had the destinations on there that were Middle Eastern. <laughs> and this is over the Spokane, Washington area. Right. So you can actually take pictures of these jets and get an idea of what jet it is. I mean, you've flown a lot, so I figured you would have more knowledge on this. But you've already taken pictures, so you, this is pretty good. I mean, you've been documenting this. Oh, yeah, for decades. And you can actually see the jet with your camera? Yes. Markings? Not always marking, so the, it, it really depends on the environment at the time and, you know, if they're flying into the sun or um, if there's already a lot of uh, haze up there from them already spraying. But on the day of the uh, eclipse, there was nothing in the sky. They flew right by with a huge plume out behind them, and that was a, um, that was a two-engine Aircraft, so I don't know if it was an Airbus or a Boeing. Uh, hard to tell, but uh, I didn't follow up on that. But the the Airbus A three eighty is unmistakable. Yep it it it's uh, a huge, massive plane that looks like it two sounds planes gigantic. Together. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting aircraft, and um, well, there's a well, bunch of uh, pictures of all the tanks that uh like hold these chemicals that people think they're dispatching. Like there's quite a few of them available that you can see know, of these tanks. I, sometimes I think that's manufactured. I've seen those pictures too. Right. They, they, they they have these spray tanks or whatever. I mean, it could be for crops. Who knows? I don't know. Right. They have that you, know, you don't know what to trust anymore. Exactly. The winter that's wheat true. crop in North Dakota, there's a consortium and an agricultural bank in the, in the Dakotas. And they actually pay to bring the rain down on the winter wheat crop. And uh, they have a, a good old boy agreement with Canada that they're going to give them some of the 
wheat because you're dropping the moisture out of the air. It's not going into Canada. And so it, it, the, the people that foo-foo, conspiracy theory, da-da-da, weather control is a big joke, they're wrong because they wouldn't have a treaty banning that if, you, if they couldn't do it. And so they've been playing around, I don't know, the patents for the modifying the rain and stuff like that go back into the 1800s. But now they're using cannonballs, you know, or shooting sulfur into the sky and all that stuff. I saw it in an episode of The Lone Ranger, where the Lone Ranger got a cannon and went outside of town and was shooting the clouds and caused it to rain because they had a big drought. And, you know, back in the horse, you know, Lone Ranger days, it was kind of a joke. I thought it was funny. <laughs> They've always been trying to see clouds one way or the other. They were always trying something. Well, the oxide, uh, Civil War. Civil War generals, Union generals, noticed that, that often after a battle, there would be a rain. And it would, you know, wash the battlefield. So mm. they started wondering, why in the world is uh, our battles being causing rain? Well, back but, then, uh, they, all the yeah. cannon fire and the rifle fire all put out tremendous amount of smoke. So Sulfur. my guess is all that uh, particulate matter from uh, the the smoke from the uh, the artillery and stuff, or, or you know, from, from the weaponry, um, that particulate matter would go up, and then the it would cause a electrical discharge. Well, and a percussion, down. just like a clap of thunder. You know, you, you you hear a clap of thunder, and all of a sudden the rain comes down. It shakes it out. It causes it to condense out of the clouds. So right. <laughs> it's just that's an interesting <laughs> point. I hadn't thought about that because. Uh, well. Tesla yeah. did some work with that transferring electricity via sound waves. That's an interesting point. I'll have to ponder that. Well, you can shake a tree after a rain and, or after a heavy dew. Just bump a tree and the rain falls out of it. Okay. Uh, but, uh, no, I first put up a video, uh, did a video and showed it locally on cable access in 2009, and then I posted it on Facebook in 2010. Facebook changed the URL address so that everywhere I changed, everywhere I shared this, the link went dead, and they did that twice. So I posted on YouTube, and then and it first showed up uh, for weeks. It would show in the search results because I was trying to see, well, should I bother with this YouTube crap? And uh, so within a year, though, I went back and I did a Google search. I, I titled it. A unique title because it happened when we had our Say Boo to Drugs event that was outside. And I noticed it was one of these days where all of a sudden, you know, it's a wonderful blue sky morning. And by 11, 11 12 o'clock, uh, the jet trails are hanging in the air, you know. So I started filming them. I took my camera with me as I went around and I videoed some of them. My experience is you need at least a 16 times optical zoom before you go into the digital, and you can make out the uh, the tail markings and see if it's a United or American Airlines. You can't, but you know now they have an app. You can get right. an app for you your phone to track track all these flights if you know the flight number, or you can actually guess which one's flying overhead. You know, and click on it. Well, yeah, you can click on it, look at which plane it is and stuff, but it, it's kind of yeah. curious. Uh, people really haven't been able to correlate the uh, ones dumping the, uh, the stuff in the sky, I don't think, but to my well, knowledge. There's a, there's a huge amount of military uh, uh, flying over in the air corridors. There's, 
you know, this, these air corridors are kind of legacy back before they had the inertial guidance system, and the, now they have GPS since, uh, I don't know, mid-late 90s, they added GPS to the jets. And so the air corridors are still in play from way back when they had visual flight rules and they had navigation beacons based on AM radio channels, you know. I had science of they aviation. They still have all those. In the mid-1980s, I had science of aviation, and so that's why I learned about that. But those air corridor maps, they haven't, they haven't changed the traditional air corridors that much. So even the military, if they're going point to point, uh, they're still expected to fly unless they fly above everything, which they most of their jets can go 45, 47,000 feet if they want, maybe up to 52,000 feet, and stay away from commercial traffic that doesn't fly that high. But they're, they'll they'll be right in a mix among them. The military will. I've seen them. I've seen all kinds of them. The C five galaxies. Uh, uh, but uh, here in Kentucky, they used to drill over Kentucky. Because uh, it was supposed to be similar to Vietnam or something, but now that that video got suppressed in the search engines. It's called Cebu to Contrails. I didn't even use the word chemtrails. I was trying to avoid it getting dinged. And wow. uh, within within three or four months, uh, in order to get it to show up in search results. I had to search videos because it was showing mm-hmm. up right in the search engine. Say boo to contrails, and then on on uh, Google, Google substituted a different video under my YouTube account. A totally unrelated video. It was what popped up when you typed in say boo to contrails, and it was one that had a lot more views. It was a, a documentary on Mormons, but I screenshot that because I knew eventually that would come up. And by the way, Trump is the one that took us out of the. Uh, Open Skies Treaty in 2020, and then Russia dropped out after they couldn't get uh, some of the countries to agree to maintain it. So that that's why the Open Skies tr- Treaty fell apart was because Trump took us out of it. So, hmm. yeah, it, it, wow. uh, Biden administration said uh, informed Moscow they in November that they of 2021 or something uh, that they were not going to rejoin the Open Skies Treaty. So it's it's kind of dead. As far as my, it, you know, yeah. My analysis but, uh, of, oops, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I apologize. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's a, no, it's all right. I'll, although I did a pretty good job of it for not meaning to. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, I, just, uh, I, I graduated from the school of skepticism to the school yeah. of being a cynic, and so any of this stuff. I always take the most negative path because it generally turns out to be true. Uh, and that's why they're always trying to um, redirect from it. Or, you know, the CIA's wonderful conspiracy theorist thing um, to keep people from looking into things. Um, so it's all about modifying the people. So it doesn't matter if it's politics or geoengineering, whatever. It's all about what they're doing to us. And uh, so I'm trying to answer Max's question. Um, I have a pretty good idea of who ultimately is doing everything, but the individual agencies, you know, whether it's, um, you know, military tankers that have been um, modifying... uh, 
modified, modified. To, to do this. Yeah, like you know, like the uh, KC one thirty fives or the K tens or whatever could easily uh, be modified to do this kind of stuff. And um, you know, people, you know, they're they're really nasty about how they go about this. If if people in the military or whatever, and they're told to do this, you know, they give them some jive story. Plus they say, if you talk about it, you know, then you lose your pension and everything else. And they have families and, um, mouths to feed and, and so on. So they're going to keep their mouth shut. Um, I'm sure they profile the guys who aren't going to, you know, run their mouth. And generally they could be Freemasons. So, you know, there's, there's still there's still parts of the military where they need that Masonic contract where you just don't get that gig. Yep. You can ask Blackbird right. Nine that. And we lost like one third of the good guys, you know, during COVID because they refused to take the the uh, I call it the Pelosi vax, you know, where you have to take it to find out what's in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, <laughs> That's good. So, <laughs> arms, armscontrol.org is where you can find that uh, Russia officially leaves Open Skies Treaty from February 2022. It's written by Shannon Bugos. They also have an article on there from November of last year. Russia withdraws its ratification of the nuclear test ban treaty. So I'm wondering when are they going to when are they going to pop something off because they're now out of the test ban treaty. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think they need is, to interesting question because um, uh, nuclear weapons are basically obsolete. You know, a a sword is still obsolete, but it'll still kill you. Um, But my point is, is that uh, the um, collateral damage is such that it's not very beneficial for them to use it in any situation because it, you know, uh, affects their uh, objective of conquering a land or whatever. Sure. But all that to say that everybody's talking about DEWs, but I don't hear anybody talking about antimatter weapon systems. And let me just say this real quickly. An antimatter weapon system, whatever's there, disappears. Just poof, it's gone. And although technically it doesn't disappear, what happens is whatever matter is there, um, is uh, um, scattered in every direction at the speed of light. So it looks like it disappears, but it's just moved everywhere at the same time at the speed of light. Can we say vaporized? Basically (laughs) vaporized, right? Well, it's possible. Who knows what kind of toys they got? No, I, I know for absolute positive sure that those exist. I've I've spoken to somebody who designed them. Wow. So what? You just kind of like disappear. Yeah, huh? instantly. Right. That's, that's, that's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> <laughs> to be funny about it. Yeah, I mean, right. it'd be for an assassin, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, no you blood, no that bones, did that. You just gone. push a button and it just disappeared. <laughs> I think <laughs> they, they could... They could dagger you from, with a with a laser beam from a satellite and just take you right out. You don't even need nuclear bombs. Any. I don't, I think they're well, I think nukes are fake anyway. Well, 
check it out. You guys, I don't know if you all heard, but uh, a couple times I had Jeff from Black Pilled Ham on, and uh, you know, th- this Vax, basically with this Vax, people are emitting Bluetooth signal, and they're irradiating themselves with, you know, and they're giving themselves radiated radiation sickness among many other things obviously but basically that's what why you're seeing these spikes and cancers and all that stuff and of course you know a lot we're, we're talking about a stuff that's been happening for a while but uh that's some pretty heavy news and of course you know you know all this shit distracts us from excuse me pardon my language but you know all the crap <laughs> out there that we just you know consumed with you know the uh, taylor swift you know garbage the border you know but at the end of the day, they're conducting genocide, you know? So wait, 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 wait. So uh, help me understand. So people who get vaxxed get some sort of microchip put in them? Somehow, some way, something in them is emitting a Bluetooth signal, a, uh, a low-energy signal. And it, it has been proved by people. Yeah, and you can prove it to yourself by setting your phone in developer mode if you got an Android phone and... You can see these MAC addresses, you know, pop up when people show up. You know, and it's That's it's pretty bizarre, weird. man. I mean, to me, to me, I don't know enough, but it does sound far fetched. It could be one of those urban legend things, you know. No, they're nano dust. They become self replicating nanobots, and you then use the five G to design whatever you want. Yeah, I well, mean, they, you know, there's use, other people use, that take it these other levels where they have, you know, body, you know, sensors and you know, they this like wide body area network and all that. But at the end of the day, you can you could pretty much prove it. I've seen these studies, Max, where they, uh, you know, they'll have vaccinated people walk up in the middle of a field in a controlled environment, and these people with you know no electronics on them emit a Bluetooth signal. Is and that so possible? You got to remember, it's no. all a psyop. So, like this thing with um, Elon Musk, they're sticking a, a chip in their head. That's right. just psyop. Uh, it, they may actually be doing it. I'm not saying they're not doing it, but what it's doing is it's a soft sell on people becoming uh, these uh, robots, cyborgs. Uh, cyborgs, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. It's soft cell. Well, they, it's don't they have the smart dust uh, chips that they put into clothing now? And it, it, all these consumer products contain these, you know, tiny, tiny little chips now. So you got to make sure there's no bleed over from some other source. Giving you know, the guy walking up on you, he's got a cell phone on him. He's now sending the Bluetooth signal. I don't know. See, I have to question everything. Make sure you. You remove all possibility of interruption or something that's causing this this false Bluetooth reading. But I've heard people that go into the graveyard yep. and they're picking up the Bluetooth signal off the I guess the corpse in the ground. That doesn't make sense. It's like it's like what Mike was talking about before on another call. You know, each packet has its own address, and that's even though it's on the same. Uh, uh, network line, you know, the same cable or the same wireless, um, it still differentiates between its address. And, you know, all the MAC addresses are all different. Right. And a destination. 
That's how you right. can intercept those and do packet snipping and packet substitution and totally change the message somebody's sending on, you know, um, be it from an election precinct, you know, out to right. the media and the Secretary of State. They can live uh, introduce lag and change the dang election results. Uh, almost live. Well, well, I don't think yeah. they're ever going to stick another needle in my arm as long as I live, so. <laughs> I didn't yeah. like the needle in my arm when I was a kid. I'm like, you know, I don't care what's in the syringe. It's just like, it's such, to me, it was, oh, it's just a little pinch. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want you sticking a needle in my arm. I don't know you. That, that's how I felt. Right. I'm thinking about learning to do my own stitches because you can't get a, a cut stitched up anymore unless you get a tetanus shot. You know, if you if you have no record, if you can't prove, oh, I've had a tetanus shot in the last three or four years, or whatever they, you can get the uh, the butterfly band aids to pull the skin together. I know people use duct tape. <laughs> yeah, super glue. They're supposed super to be glue. super glue. <laughs> Tack it together. I mean, I've watched how you're supposed to do it. It's not that easy. Suturing, no. especially if you're doing it yourself. <laughs> Left hand, just just shoot me. Right. Well, like uh, like uh, Mitchell was saying last episode, you know, best thing to do is not get hurt. You know, you got to be real careful because you right. know, uh, you know, it makes you think. Right. Right. Yeah, there's all kinds of things you can you can do. I I was I don't I don't know if it was one of your shows, Mister T, or or, or or angry or somebody, but um. I remember the story of this uh, pilot that went down in Vietnam and he crashed in the jungle and he had some uh, pretty serious uh, gashes and stuff on his legs and he had broken legs so he couldn't walk so he's kind of stuck where he was at. And uh, he discovered that the uh, flies, you know, were laying larvae in his wounds and the larvae would actually eat up all of the I don't want to be too gross, but I, I don't the know how to describe it. They would eat yeah. up the pus and stuff, but they wouldn't touch the healthy flesh. And so it actually saved his life um, by by doing that. So, you know, if you're out in a survival situation and you get a really bad wound so you don't go to gangrene, that's a possible solution. Right. Uh. Well, I know, they're disgusting little worms, but... They, they do it. There's medical maggots now that, that can be used. I mean, it sounds terrible, but... Yeah. Medical maggots? <laughs> are, are those Trump followers? <laughs> oh, medical... You mean the doctors, the medical maggots. They charge the insurance companies a premium for them. <laughs> well, I don't know. I saw that. that it might have been on uh, House... One of those, you know, medical TV dramas I saw that on years ago. But on this right. Bluetooth thing, uh, I have to wonder if I don't have something going on. I, I did drink a bunch of colloidal silver 20 years ago and got rid of what I think was H. pylori. But, that uh, sounds great. I, I made it myself, too, but so I knew what was in it. But the... Um, uh, digital TV antenna. Any little thing can interfere with those. So t- electric train, a cake mixer. You're watching, you know, the weather forecast, and the wife 
decides she's going to make some uh, cake or something, just uh, locks up the TV. So I was watching TV the other night, and I'm walking through the house back and forth, and my antenna's like 40 feet away outside the house, 50 feet from the TV. It goes through a little power supply, the, the power of the preamp, or booster they call it. But I noticed a certain spot inside this you know, aluminum siding trailer, my body was, I'd walk past it and back through it, and back, and it would totally take out a couple different TV stations. And I'm like, what the, what the heck, you know? How, how many stations do you pick up? Huh? How many stations do you pick up? Well, I leave my antenna in one position most of the time, but uh, I'm thinking right now I'm getting, um, I don't know, around 35 channels. Wow. Yeah, I get well, bored, and they're like 90 miles away, and I'm just hanging a little plastic piece of something out my window. It's a, it's a, it's a far cry from the, uh, the rabbit ears and the tinfoil. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. Got a break. Hang tight. Right back. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Health Simple with Colorado Shilaji. Fact bit number two. In Ayurvedic pharmacology, Shilaji is the king Raza Yoga Vahayana. Razayana is one of the comprehensive disciplines of Ayurveda. It comprises of specialized uses of herbal minerals to achieve the optimum state of health. Razayana is a path to achieve homeostasis and thus retarding the process of aging and the prevention of diseases. Shilaji stands alone as the king herbal mineral over all other earth-made substances. Within Razayana, Shilaji is the ultimate substance that improves quality of plasma and blood. Thus, it strengthens and promotes health to all tissues of the body. Legit Shilaji, like Colorado Shilaji, is as the literal Sanskrit translation implies. Shilaji is the conqueror of mountains and the destroyer of weakness. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Consider this. Dead people see only what they want to see. And frankly, most of us are still dead. Let me give you the lessons of gold and five easy lessons. Number one, don't buy it because you need to make money. You buy gold because you need to protect the money you already have. Don't ever look at the price as a barrier. Look at it as an incentive. Number three, don't buy its paper pretenders. We talked about that a lot. Buy gold. Buy the real thing in the form of coins and bullion. Fourth, don't fall prey to glitzy television or Facebook ads. Do your due diligence instead. And that's what I try to provide you with and have for 26 and a half years on the air and 30 years in this profession. Fifth, don't allow naysayers to divert your interest. Allow yourself the right to protect your interests as you see fit. Jeff Bennett here. One of the ways you can do that is to contact Kettle Moraine Limited. Contact me by calling or texting me at 602-799-8214. 
602-799-8214. You can also email me at kettlemoraineltd at cox.net. Let me help you protect your wealth and your family today. Once again, call or text us at 602-799-8214 or visit our website, sierramadrepreciousmetals.com. Be glad to help you out. Be glad to answer your questions. That's what we're here for. No pressure. Just good, hard, common sense. The decision then becomes up to you. Yeah, so uh, got about a half hour left. Something I didn't uh, mention last show, learned about uh, recently is uh, I think anybody, you know, it's kind of a proper mindset might be interested in this uh, new little device called LoRa, L-O-R-A, and it's it actually sends out a Bluetooth signal, which is uh, you know just a frequency, and it's a it. It, it, it sends it out in a, to a mesh network, basically. So the more of these that are out there, they communicate basically at the speed of light, and you could have wireless encrypted communications paired to your basically a phone, but this thing is not necessarily dependent on your phone, your cellular network, or your internet. So it's a standalone device that you interface through something you already have to send out a pretty much just text message right now, but it's encrypted and you know, it's what's neat about it is nobody controls it. So the more people that are, have these little nodes, these little transmitters, the more this network will be able to be deployed. And so it really took off in the UK and these guys are getting pretty remarkable range. Yeah. Check it out. It's pretty interesting. So if any of you are all tech savvy and, just just type in Laura on YouTube and check out you know some of these guys explaining it. Probably explain it better than me than me. But where do you get it? Um, you could order it from some of these like uh, you know like custom radio shops, and I could actually post the link in the chat and and in the show description even. But um, of so the place I got of, uh, it, so I, I ordered like three of them to play with them. I don't have them yet, but okay. you know you ha- take a little configuration. You got to have you know a little bit of. Like tech know-how, you're gonna have to YouTube University it and and play with this thing. But once you get it going, you know you can, in in essence, communicate without any uh, infrastructure. What as long as the, as long with? as your 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 node is able to hit other nodes. Is so it like it's pretty interesting. Cell phone, cell phone device, or I mean, how does it how, how does it interface? So it, it, it pairs that. via Bluetooth with your cell phone, but this this thing actually sends out a like a low energy Bluetooth signal 
a certain frequency. I can't remember exactly. Nine hundred fifteen megahertz. You know, it sends it out, and yeah, if, it, if another transmit or receiver picks it up, it broadcasts it out to the next one, and it's a pretty interesting thing. It's basically a mesh network. My so, understanding uh, Bluetooth is in the two point four gigahertz range, same as Wi Fi. Right. So that if right. that operates at nine nine hundred megahertz, that's a traditional old cell phone channel, which those go down now to like 600 and some megahertz, because they took all the TV channels down to channel 38, are now cell phone frequencies. So that's 600 right. megahertz up to 1 gigahertz, and then they jump up to 2.4, 5.8, and then they've been wrangling with that 24 or 23.75 gigahertz channel, which they claim will interfere with weather sensors and airplanes and all that stuff. They've been, you know wrestling over that but no other countries around the world say oh we have no problem with that 23 23 megahertz channel <clears throat> but you know there's all kinds of other experimental channels that are part of the 5g rollout but yeah uh, i was that, looking into getting a, a c-band uh, satellite dish set up because i already have the dish but i didn't have a receiver and stuff so i was looking into that and I have to get a whole new LNA because uh, that range of frequencies is taken up a lot by 5G-related stuff. We have um, to get one that has a notch filter to cut out that particular frequency. But if you're over uh, 300 feet away from a cell tower, you're, not, you're probably not got any problems. And I've seen, there's a group on Facebook that I'm part of where these guys are still playing around with that stuff, and they download weather and all kinds of, you know, different things off of C-band. Because uh, it's a lot of that stuff is still there. You just yeah. have to know how to scan it in. And you get what's called a free-to-air satellite receiver. You can get one that's pre-programmed that has all the KU band, which RBN is on KU. I forget IA5 or what satellite it is, but... Uh, it's uh, Global 19. Um, yeah, it used to be called IA5, I think. But it's the same location for a C-band satellite. So if you have a dual-mode LNA, or LNBF, they call them now, I think. And the last time I priced one, they weren't that expensive. The the, the dang notch filter is what's so expensive. Yeah, it's uh, 400 bucks for the notch filter. And I said Global, I meant Galaxy. Yeah. Right. They keep changing yeah. the name of them and shuffling them around and all kinds of fun stuff. It's you know every few years they they don't have a a very long shelf life. Some of these satellites, and I think that's by design. Right. You know? There's ways of hacking the receivers too, so you can get stations. Some receivers will give you the stations automatically, even if you don't have paid service. It takes forever, though, to do one of those blind scans to find stuff. It's it's nice to do it just to see if there's something new, but there's guys that will sell you one that's pre-programmed, so you just pop it up, and there you go. you got more more stuff than you can flip through, you know. Most there of you it's go. Boring. Huh? And there you go. Yeah, most <laughs> of it's foreign. Are you talking about C-band? Not, well, both of them, but yeah, there's there's wild feeds on C-band, I think, still, you know. Uh, but they just turned yeah. off the last analog shopping channel, I think, in like 2020. <laughs> it was still, there was a still <laughs> way to the west you, on C-band. There was an analog C-band. shopping channel, and, and 
C-SPAN 2, I think, was on there until like 2018, analog on C-band. It used to be totally fun to watch that because the uh, <laughs> t- all the TV stations, uh, you know, MSM, uh, mainstream media would go across that and yep. you know they'd go for a break and these guys would be puffing cigarettes you know they'd be sitting there with a suit and tie on but then shorts and flip flops you know underneath and you know, cussing at people saying eh, you know teleprompter this or that it used to be hilarious well yeah, there's, I think yeah, that's way back in the 80s or whatever, there's probably I'd say there's a YouTube channel that's best of C-band wild feeds or something where you can see some of that stuff I think that's how they caught uh, Charles Jaco, uh, the CNN yeah. feed. Yep. So, Nineteen ninety-two for Desert Storm. They were joking around, yeah, about the the mask and the the helmet. That one guy had a helmet on. It. Yeah, it looked like that skit from Rowan and Martin's Laughing. I actually had a professor who was in Vietnam, and he said in the motel in uh, uh, maybe it was Saigon that he was at. In the lobby by the bar, they had a whole bunch of jungle plants, and these guys could go film their stand-up. The you know the soldiers, the army, whoever they had a media division, psyops division. They they would go out and film the battlefield footage, and they would just stand in front of these jungle plants and do their stand-up, and go back to the bar and go drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody had a clue. Yeah, they've been faking news for way decades. Like yeah. you know. Like, it, all that nuclear bomb footage is fake. All of well, this guy's name was J- Dale Greer, and he earned his chips, you might say. He ended up on TV Wave 3 in Louisville, NBC, and then he ended up in Moorhead, Kentucky, as a uh, media professor. He was my advisor. So I guess he's dead from pancreatic cancer years ago, so I could probably give it, give his name as a source. Dale Greer. <clears throat> he was a Vietnam reporter. But, yeah, uh, well, Thinking about it, wanted to give a shout out to William. He uh, at the end of his show, he said, "Stay tuned." You know, final hour coming up next, and uh, I think that was great. And I think uh, all nice. the, the hosts need to do that. It, I, I think it really helps the the flow. And oh yeah, you know, there's um, some great hosts on RBN, man. I've been listening to myself, and yeah, the content here is amazing. Because, you know, and yeah, I was just wondering when we were talking about the technology and stuff, and I was thinking, you know, I wonder how long some of this information is going to be able to be found even, you know what I mean? Because they're, they're, they're definitely trying to control the information. It, the news is getting out. I mean, there's a lot of people at, catching on to the, what's going on. Look at Huxley and some of these, uh, you know, future shock sci-fi things, and it, it's all about getting rid of people after they turn about 45, 50. Five, you, you got to get rid of them because the the living memory is a problem. You know, uh, was the, the judge, Grandpa, tell us about the good old days? Well, he can't if he's dead. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> if you see me sitting in a wheelchair drooling, you know, I I, sp- I said too much. You should just put a pillow over your face. <laughs> Probably in my lap. <laughs> So I'm not looking forward to the day I can't make it to the bathroom. Yeah, I did. Uh, since I know Mike's listening, I do. I did want to mention something. I, I think it'd be really cool. I don't know how it would work with current advertisers, but 
if uh, uh, listeners to RBN could sponsor a show and that way create an additional revenue stream for RBN, it doesn't cost RBN anything except for when the um, show host first comes on says, and today's, you know, ours sponsored by Max, you know, um, or by Anonymous, whatever. And then uh, that way you kind of, as a listener, you know, you get the the great feeling of, you know, being able to help out, but yet you get a Scooby snack for, for doing it, you know. Oh, um, interesting. Chew on it, Mike. That's pretty interesting. Well, you know, it's <laughs> pretty creative. You, we got to get creative, you know. <laughs> well, I, I had an idea for trying to generate revenue. I don't know if it'll work, but you have the RBN webpage, republicbroadcasting.org, I think. And I was suggesting that at the very top, the tippy top of the page, just above the banner, you sell the baseball caps or the trucker caps with the RBN uh, logo and patch on the front. And you could have the the website on the back of the hat. But you sell these hats, $20, $25. You can probably get bulk rate. Uh, You know, there's different ways of making these patches. I would probably make the patch and put it onto the hat instead of like, what do they call it, when you you stitch, stitch it directly onto the hat, which looks really nice. I did a little little search, and, you know, there's companies out there that all do this stuff because the machines can do it for them. But if you had the hat, so you, you know, somebody buys the hat, they're advertising, people ask, what's that, blah, blah, blah. So you're talking about it. But right. it might be selling the, selling some cheap swag. I want to say cheap, but, you know, something reasonable where, yeah, I want one of those. Yeah, you know, that's a good idea. Because I don't see it when I go there. That should be like the first thing is like their, their merch. It should be right. tippy top of the T-shirt, the hats, maybe the mug. You know, three things, right. tippy top of the page, just above the banner. And then you get into the programming or whatever after that. But see, that way, I learned this little trick from my friend. He was into, uh, I don't business, whatever. He, he worked in this knickknack store. And in the back of the store, there was a box of cassette tapes that were like a they were just sitting there. Nobody was buying them. So what he did is he brought the whole box up to the counter, and everyone's like, "Yeah, I want that." And they, you know, paid put a buck put a buck on it. Back in the day, in the eighties, you know, so you could get a cassette tape hey, if you saw your favorite band. It was a buck. Yeah, yeah. And he sold them all out. But it was right. where he placed the box where it was in everybody's face at the front of the counter. Instead of like, oh, it's sitting in the back of the store. Nobody wants it. Right. No, you're right. Did that with beer, beer good, and diapers. Good, Convenience store did that with beer and diapers. <laughs> right. Oh, you guys could start a cannabis farm and raise some can- uh, cannabis and hemp to, <laughs> you know, partially finance RBN. I'm not kidding. Well, a lot of these P- the PBS outlets have been doing it for decades. They'll have uh, people that are loud and proud that want their name on it. They'll they'll have that on, and you see this on YouTube, you know. Uh, uh, here in Kentucky, it's called Kentucky, excuse me, Kentucky Educational Television. And they'll scroll up a couple times a day, you know, programming here on your Kentucky network is brought to you by, and it'll show all these names, and they'll say, like, a friend from London, a friend from Bowling Green. And, and then every now and then it'll say, 
Dr. Andy and Cindy Pressler, you know, you know, they'll put their name on it. So they pay a little more and get their name out there. So, you know, if they're a doctor or whatever, you know, and so there's people that are smart enough that listen to this network that know that they're, you're tracked, your X key scored, your IC reach, you might as well not keep it a secret. Right. And you can get your name on the webpage somewhere. Or, yeah. You know. Hey, hold on. We got uh, Tom in Utah. I want to give him a chance yeah. to hop in real quick. Got 10 minutes wrapping up, and we'll get everybody's thoughts on the last last minutes. Tom, how you doing? Okay. I woke up. I heard all these voices on my radio. I said, oh, yeah, we got a nice little lively fire. conversation going. How you doing? Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, when I heard Mike in Kentucky, I knew uh, talking about the interruption of his TV signal through the aluminum siding on his uh, mobile home. I just got a call from a friend earlier today. They were trying to accuse him of having a case of COVID. But another right. friend reminded him of the problem that he might have in his mobile home with this blend air thing that I'd exposed in poisoning the poor. So I thought, uh-oh, they're at it again. In other words, uh, th- this guy, thankfully he resisted, but uh, like I say, they were trying to claim that he had a case of the COVID, but all he was having was the symptoms that I describe in poisoningthepoor.com or... or Gassing America, which Mike Mike is familiar with. Low-level carbon monoxide. Low-level carbon monoxide and low-level combustibles from your propane uh, furnace, right? Yeah, so we're in that seat. Right now, we're at the end of February. That that accumulated uh, exposure is now hitting people. So they're being accused Uh of having COVID or the variant. But in right. fact, it's the fact that they've been breathing subtly poisoned air for for the winter months. And the stupid detectors yeah. don't work. There's the subchronic exposure doesn't show up on your carbon monoxide detector. Right. It's a serious problem, yeah. and and it, and it obviously uh, contributes to the sickness. You know the uh, of the population and. Uh, of course, they were able to blame, you know, COVID on it. And they won't you know? test you for it. They quit testing for it when, Tom, in the 70s? 1976. Well, they, quit, they quit testing wow. people for it. Just wow. on the blood test. The lab test is just one more step to test for that, and they quit doing it. What's it cost? 50 cents a dollar? I pushed the button on the machine. <laughs> <laughs> So, wow. I eat with a wood stove. Even my, even, even my own parents nearly died because of that whole situation. They were living in a trailer down on the uh, Zuni Indian Reservation. They got sick. They were shipped off to the hospital. They were told that they both had heart attack or heart issues at the same time, the same day, the same hour. And it only cost my family and the, uh, the sponsoring organization $100,000. Dang! Whoa! Just because they wouldn't do that test. What a deal for what a deal for the medical people. You should and demand that, the test because it proves how much uh, carbon sequestering you're doing. Re- you're reducing your carbon <laughs> footprint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I figure the on average one out of every ten people live in a manufactured mobile home. So I figured, well, that'd be good to make sure our group that are on the radio. 
By the way, you guys are you're not turning in the pumpkins yet, but it's after midnight. Hi, no. it's after midnight. <laughs> oh, it is. I just noticed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, th- yeah. I thought this. Yeah. Well, good old daylight saving comes in soon, or yeah, whatever. Great. Anyway, just make sure you go to poisoningthepoor.com or gassingamerica.com. There's also a link out to intheair.news, intheair.news. Uh, that helps explain that vending problem that I identified and went to D.C. and got, uh, how to say, received with no gratitude. Anyway. Right. Tom, I have to have you come on one, another time here. We got a lot to talk about still. What time is it for Tom? <laughs> is it like eight o'clock out there or nine? Ten thirty. Oh, it's ten thirty. So you're you're midnight thirty. I mean, you're twelve thirty. My watch says my watch says zero fifty five twenty. So it's five yeah, it's, till, five minutes till one. Yeah, we got about uh, three minutes to the wrap up. So okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's you ten ten fifty. Well. Don't Thanks. get the COVID. <laughs> Don't get the COVID. Yeah, no, we won't. No, we got about four minutes. So, uh, no, thanks for calling in, Tom, and all you guys, Max and Ken and Mike. Appreciate it. Have Have a great nice weekend. There's yeah, good. Hey, I just right wanted there. to say uh, thank you for that show last week. That guy was really good. Made me feel very deficient. <laughs> But you need to feel that way. You, you, well, yeah, you have just to have someone common sense stuff to think about, you know, just in case, you know, things do get ugly. Just kind of, oh, yeah, maybe I should get that or think about that. Or I'm, I'm kind of at the point where my health isn't that great, so I don't think I'd last too long. So I'm trying to get my health back. Been a lot of stress and stuff. But, uh, you know, I... Yeah. I I suggest RBM put the merch at the top and uh, thank you and God bless for giving me the opportunity tonight. Hey, man, it's uh, fun, Max. Thanks a lot. I don't know how many times in my life I've heard from old people. I never thought I'd live this long or I plan. I would have planned for it. <laughs> That's a good one, Mike. <laughs> All right, Tom, you take care. Yeah, no, you guys, uh, whoever's left on, we're, we're still here for a few more minutes, but it, it's been fun. You know, keep 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 your eye on the uh, whatever's going on, just so we can uh, talk about it, figure it out, and here we are. You know, we're still here. You know, brace yourself, but at the same time, might as well have fun and enjoy the last minutes and enjoy your time with the family. You know, that's what I always try to do. I don't know. You guys got any advice or thoughts? Jim Fetzer says that a lot. We don't know how much time we have left, so enjoy your time with your family. But uh, if your neighbors aren't prepared, are you prepared? And if you've got any connections at all, I think it would behoove people to try to get a local currency or script going as a promotional. And then it could be switched over to be an actual medium of exchange uh, in the event of a you know major economic hiccup. It's happened right. in other countries. It's happened four or five times in Argentina. And every sheriff's department needs to have a deputized, special deputy uh, posse, basically, of all the able-bodied military veterans. 
and have them to be able to guard the stores in case there's a riot. Because instead of three weeks worth of food, you got three hours before everything gets busted. You know, right. the trucks were to stop running. So why can't we have well, that? that? That's you know, why I, everything needs to be decentralized, and people need to get some acres to grow a garden. Because I don't know, money. If there's nothing to buy, there's nothing to buy. So right. And yep. you're gonna have you know, right. people are gonna barter. I bartered. It can work. Right. Well, my contribution would be you need to do an indoor grow bed, and because you, you know you have to be able to protect it from the skies as well as you know vertically as well as horizontally. And there's a really a great way to go. You use an auto siphon bed, and so the only thing you need, you know, besides lights or some type of lighting, uh, is one magnetic motor pump and it just runs all the time and it fills up the bed it hits a certain level then it auto siphons out wow. and then the pump fills it back up and then it hits the, the level and it auto siphons out so it's real simple uh you know you just have like a four by eight bed um put like a pond liner in it and fill it up with pea gravel or something along those lines and then, you know, you cut yourself a hole, put in this auto siphon. You can look it up online. There's all kinds of websites. That... What do you use for light? Right. All right, guys. Uh, all right, it's been fun. Sprouting. Everybody, have a good night. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for supporting. Bye. Really appreciate it. Remember to send your donations if you can to RBN. And thanks for the ideas, guys. Appreciate it for everybody. Take care. some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. You're listening to Real Talk Radio, only on the Republic Broadcasting Network.